3: middle Cup hey behave alright John I know what you're thinking what everybody's thinking the countdown is on how many days until Jake Paul and Floyd Mayweather fight it's a great question I think it's like uh, five weeks five and a half weeks
4: yeah, as people that have, uh, you know, I, I, I'm I going to start introducing myself as, you know, what do you do for a living? I always said podcast. I might, we've said this before, just streamer. Uh, I think that encompasses everything. I ended up on Jake Paul's brothers, Logan. Yeah. You know, who was really, I think, truly the big YouTube star before Jake. Do you know what Logan Paul, his YouTube page, I mean, the he's getting millions of views. Guy, he does things like... Sm- carries around a bag of cash 500 grand and goes and buys Pokemon cards and does like 10 minute videos on that that's what he does it's incredible are these like a trade shows just people he uh, just walks through well, the fi- cafe fi- he finds the guys that have the main cards mm-hmm. like the special 250 500 thousand dollar cards and then like goes to their house at least the one I watched like the guy was on Pawn Stars tried to sell his cards for a lot the Pawn Stars wouldn't do a deal. He seeked the guy out, went to his house, brought a bunch of cash, and the guy was showing him all these cards that were that added up to millions of dollars. And wow. Jake was
3: trying to buy him Or Logan. Jake wasn't there. Logan. Yeah, got it. Got it. I got to do a little deep dive here because my first instinct is no way can he beat Floyd Mayweather. But uh, I haven't seen the odds yet on this fight, John. I got to, you know, I just got to do it. Well, Floyd weighs like 150 pounds. He weighs 190 yeah, I mean, but he's but he's Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, you would think Floyd would beat the shit out. of That's him. my natural instinct, but I don't want to get stuck just you know doing something stupid without doing a deep dive like Kyle Shanahan. Uh the one thing is Floyd doesn't Floyd kind of dances
4: around. I, I just don't know if somehow Jake Paul beats Floyd Mayweather. It, I don't care how old Floyd is. That's an incredible accomplishment, is it not? It will. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I think I, I think Jake would take it really seriously because I do think he's taking these fights seriously. You would I mean, Floyd. I don't know, would he? Because clearly a money grab. Like it would do. You see, they did seventy five million dollars of uh of pay per view revenue, one point five million buys on Jake fighting the the over the hill MMA fighter. Yeah, coming off hip surgery. What what are you guessing this would do? Five million pay per views. You
3: think? Wait, would do in- if this one did one five, and you think that one would do five? You're saying? Well, I don't know. Floyd? Just well, F- Floyd's huge. Yeah, right. I think it'd do at least. I buy it three. I mean, yeah, I think it would double at least. Yeah. By the way, we're wearing our uh, ham hats. If you're listening to this podcast, this is a live YouTube show today, and uh, we appreciate the pod as well. Uh, we're wearing our ham hats. Uh, our Shanna ham hat. Some would call them. There's, uh, I think, there's like nine left so you know buy them if you want don't buy them whatever they're about to be gone so if everyone if you yep. got it on it once you got the Venmo you got a hat and so now we're, we're shipping for, warehouse got it all a lot of them boxed up John first batch went out on Thursday late morning first first 10 hats went out Thursday late morning they are not we should have numbered them with serial numbers we didn't do that but um, you know I, I just got a text from my brother you got a hat for me
4: <laughs> 25 bones son yeah, I said what color. So I might we might have to put one to the side.
3: <laughs> yeah, we can do it. We can do it. Then me, Jeff. I'm just saying, like, if Jeff wants a comp, like, we need to know right the second. Am I putting? Why I know. That's hate? why I
4: said what color. You you know you snooze you lose, Jeff. You got a response here? I mean, I I don't like waiting. You fucking, I te- you text me, I text you right back. Text me back.
3: I, I had a buddy uh, who listens to the podcast all the time. We've talked to Ryan. He texts me. He's like. Send me a picture of the hat. I'm like, send you a picture of the hat, bro. Buy a hat or don't buy a hat. They're about to sell out, so just I need to know now. Do you want a hat or not? Yes. Check the Instagram. Um, all right. So, lot to get. Here's the other thing. We always do a mailbag on Friday. I don't know what's up with the iTunes. People DM us. You found this. iTunes told you it couldn't find the comments in uh, America. Is that right? Yeah, it's we. I don't know what's going on. I uh, Maybe maybe
4: big tech's coming after us, guy. They're shutting us out. <laughs>
3: they, they hate that we're uh, cutting them out. Yeah, I don't know. Something weird's going on. Something weird is going on. All right. Well, we'll have a live YouTube on Friday. Hopefully it will also, tomorrow, hopefully it will also be a mailbag pod. So if you've been sending in the mailbag questions.
4: Tim Cook makes me nervous because I see they're coming out with their new Mac. I think one issue that they're going to run into, their products the last five or six years have been elite. I don't need to. I don't need a new Mac. I bought one four or five years ago. He is gonna start coming after all of our shit. I, I'm expecting my Mac, like my iPhone a couple years ago, to stop working. Yeah. And then forcing me to do it. That's and maybe he knows I'm already thinking that. He's already trying to attack me at different angles. Just know this: Big Tech knows everything you're thinking before you think. I'm pro Big Tech. I mean, I, that's where I do my business. But it just they just. I can
3: say something, and then I look on my phone. It's like they're advertising. It's like no, They, they no know question. everything we're doing. There's no question. Uh, we'll Draft live stream, don't forget about that. When the Jags are on the clock, ham is on the, on the tube. It'll be, a, it'll be a long, steady stream. It'll be a healthy, hydrated stream. Um, so tune in for that, and then also we'll tell you more about it. But, I mean, check out our sponsor, wineaccess.com, slash ham, get you 20% off. One bottle, 50 bottles, 10, $15 bottle, $300 bottle. It's all there.
4: I mean, talk about gifts, guy. You want to get your parents a gift? You want to get your significant other a gift? You want to get your brother or your sister a gift? Is there anything better than getting someone a gift? Neighbors. And a, an unpromptu gift. A neighbor. Someone who did maybe a babysitter. Yeah. Do something for someone else. How about that, people? Do something for someone else. That person on the
3: Nextdoor app who just needs to relax, send them a bottle. How much more fulfilling is in life is when you help out others? As good, good as it gets, John. You know, wave somebody in, like, do you ever feel better? Well, what makes you feel better? Waving somebody in when you're merging or like cutting them off and like doing that thing, waving them in feels better. Yeah. Every time we all got, yeah. 8 million people trying to live, you know, do stuff for other people. Yep. There you go. Have some, have some empathy for others. Uh, Have some empathy for whoever, whatever, whatever draft rumor you subscribe to, you know, we've all got a place in our draft hearts for you. So please get here. Draft. What if at the end of it, the Niners just end up with Zach Wilson? I'll be like, wait, wait, wait. We could have been talking about Zach Wilson for the last month. Think of all the content. Although it would feel I, fresh I don't think it's out that of the realm
4: that way. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind that. I don't think it's out of the realm of
3: possibility. I'd be all for it, actually, just given the fact to,
4: that... Uh, if you listen to Rosillo's pod with the BYU coach, it, it felt like he was a little over the top, but he acted like Zach Wilson... Broke down every one of their spring practices. He's like, you know, he's just a football junkie. This spring? I went into the film room the other day. Yeah, he's watching their spring practice. He's helping the quarterbacks. And he's like, he's not just watching the offense. He's watching defense and special teams. I'm like, listen, what's his name? Paul Amalu. What's the coach? Kalani Sataki. I always, yeah, hey, Kalani. Like, I, I, I'll believe that your guy watched the practices and was invested I cannot believe that he was watching special teams part of spring practice. I'm calling bullshit on that one. and I know you guys don't swear, so I'm just calling BS on that one. I don't believe it. If you tell me Zach Wilson was in the film room over the last couple months breaking down special teams – I mean, shit. He might as well
3: just instead of going to play, he might just become a coach. I, I would say, why does he not know how to allocate his time? Why is he watching special teams? Go, go watch junkie, the, Go watch the Giants. De- go watch Belichick's defense. Do that, Kalani. Kalani, film junkie. <laughs> if I was a coach, I'd be like, man, I don't even watch special teams. What are you doing? I know, most don't. <laughs> You you used to chart punts for special teams coaches. Uh, what was the guy's name? Who was on the Eagles and then the? Oh, uh, uh, Bobby A- Bobby April, uh, like one of the all time <laughs> characters, right?
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, I had back to back John Baxter, USC, yeah. Michigan, Fresno, Fresno State, State, and then Bobby April. Uh, but ba- Baxter had some pretty good drills, though lions and gazelles. Special te- Say one thing about special teams drills is more in college than the pros. Very violent. I mean, a lot of just you're kind of uncomfortable practicing. Like in the pros, you don't practice full speed special teams drills. Yeah. In college, you kind of do because I do think you kind of got to know, like,
3: when week one's coming around, right. who really has the juice? Right. And the bodies are flying. Did uh, you got because uh, special teams might be 10 guys trying to earn spots? NFL roster, there's just not you got starters out there, right? So, yeah, you just know the backups are going to play.
4: I, I do remember on this one kickoff drill, Ryan Matthews, three people. So, they get in a half field, you get a guy on the outside, you get a guy on the outside, you get a guy in the middle. You do like a fake kickoff, you know, like so there's really probably 20 yards of separation. So, it's basically impossible. It's a two hand touch drill to not touch the returner. All three merged as Ryan cut to the corner. He stopped on a dime. They all collided, and he went around untouched. It was like my second practice at Fresno State. I'm like, this guy is by of every other player combined on our team. That guy was better than everyone. It was stupid.
3: A great pick. He was. A, what did he go? 12? Was he 12th overall pick? 10th overall pick? Yeah. 12. Uh, replaced LT. Uh, by the way, before we go any further, one other thing I have to bring up. Have you seen the introductory press conference for the Portland State basketball coach? No. This video that went yesterday, no. I was so this guy does his, his introductory press conference, and you and I love talking about like a good introductory press conference. We've seen a million of like, them. Wh-
4: wh- where's he from? Is he? A I local think he guy? was on
3: the staff. I was texting with our buddy AJ, who's also in the big sky, and uh, he said this guy's been there. He's known him. You know, didn't doesn't really know him that well, but yes, yeah, so he's whatever. The guy goes into this whole like this thirty second diatribe. About how he doesn't eat breakfast Because he wants to come to work hungry Yeah. And at first I'm like oh this is funny Dead serious I don't turn on the AC Or the heat in my car Because I like to prepare myself Mentally train my body When I'm in the vehicle When it's too hot I don't turn on the AC When it's too cold I don't turn on the heat Dead serious It was incredible inc- Just absolutely incredible Really impressive. I might have to go watch that. Yeah, I didn't see the guy when you're not when you delete Twitter. I know from what your you're phones, gonna say. I didn't see it. A I lot. saw it on SVP. How about that? I was watching. Oh. I was watching SVP, which, which I'm about to tell you something because somebody said to me the other day, like they were tweeting, texting me something about ESPN. And I'm like, dude, I don't like. I don't turn on Sports Center in the morning. It's not even. I'm not. I just. It's not a natural habit for me. It never really has been. And uh, and then right after I said that, I realized, wait a second, I can watch like an hour Sports Center and I get everything that I didn't scroll through Twitter to see. I can just get right there. In fact, more because I don't see when it's snowy in Colorado. I don't happen to see that Rocky highlight on Twitter, but I did on TV and then I just caught that thing and SVP. It was funny. So highly recommend. I like it. What I would tell that guy is like, dude, Sabin turns his AC on. You can turn your AC on. Yeah, turn on the fucking heaters. Also, second. it gets like below freezing in Portland. I'm not even sure I believe that. That was a big Fresno State thing. No
4: heaters on the sidelines. It's like, come on, guys, let's just put some fucking heaters on the sidelines. <laughs> freezing cold. We're from
3: California. Let's embrace who we are. Let, let's heat, let's heat the fellas up. All right, John. Yeah. Uh, let's 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 get into some stuff here. Let's get into some stuff. Uh, let's start with Peter Schrager, who on NFL Network said this about Mac Jones, Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers this is specifically about Mac is what he's responding to. they have not made a final decision yet but with that roster coach this specific prospect and his skill set, I'm not ready to turn on this one since the day they made the trade, this has made too much sense to me. and when I hear Schrager talk, I know Schrager you know for several years now has hosted the State of the Union is that what it's called the state of the the state of the nation state of the franchise state of the the franchise franchise, (laughs) uh niners thing like schrager is not unconnected in the 49ers organization
4: no i I think he knows just the shanahan crew which includes mcveigh the Lafleur, sala obviously kyle from jed like to me he's very very tied in just with that group and i listen I, I'm gonna I've been saying this the whole time. I do not believe for a second that when they made the trade, they did not have a name in mind. Now, I also don't believe that as you go through the process, maybe things change. But as of re- we're recording this right now in the middle of Thursday, I do believe that they have a guy circled. I, I I cannot buy into. They're still deliberating like you know someone would do over a period of time like that's what they've maybe been doing or at least having discussions. I think they have a guy circled. Now, where I, I would say it might be still up in the air, what happens if the Jets take Justin Fields, right? There they, they are part of this process, and all these GMs always do a good job of kind of describing it, is like, you know, we prepare, and it's much harder when you draft, like, the Patriots. If you're the Patriots at 15, trying to know who's going to be there, it is somewhat of a guessing game. Mm-hmm. With the Niners, like, there really are just two scenarios, Right. There, Trevor Lawrence is going one, and then you would just probably have every scenario with the other five guys. Or, I guess, four guys. What if the Jets take this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy? Who are we taking? But if it goes as conventional wisdom would say, Trevor, Zach, who is our pick out of the three? And has that pick changed from the moment we made the trade? Maybe we'll find out. Maybe we won't. But... I. I have a hard time believing that they don't know as of today the guy they would pick if those three guys are sitting there at three.
3: Uh, Chris Sims apparently sticking to his guns as well told Joe Fan on uh, the Talking Seahawks podcast I'd be shocked if it's not Mac Jones. Um, you know, and then the other thing Schrager said was Schrager basically in that video uh, on NFL Network said that you know Kyle would go to war with C.J. Bethard, Nick Mullins, or just as just as He'd go to war with Deshaun Watson or whoever, Jimmy Garoppolo, which, I don't know, for a guy that seems to like— Obviously, he is—we've seen interchangeability at the running back position, but he clearly likes really talented receivers, right? Like, he likes the more talented receiver. I I don't know how any coach— could prefer Williams, Nick Bosa. I mean,
4: he's kind of lean talent guy. I mean, how could he, I mean, we just, here's the other thing.
3: What Fred Warner has become for him, right? Also, we've, it's not like going to war with Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard is not some hypothetical. We've seen it. It wasn't good enough. It failed miserably, like absolutely failed. Literally failed so hard.
4: The NFC was so shitty this year at the bottom. They missed the playoffs because of it. All was, they had to be was a 500 team, and those guys could not fucking uh, chew gum and walk straight. The equivalent of a quarterback play. Like it, it got dramatically worse every game, and which is typically the case with low end backups. Isn't that kind of who we found out about? Like he'd rather go to war with those guys. Those guys are low end backups. Like the evidence is in. Now, would you rather have those guys from a character standpoint than Deshaun, who's you know got some major shit going on right now? Yes. Right. But in terms of football, that, that that statement is just categorically false. Like, that's just I get you're in the rhythm of talking and we all say things that aren't necessarily true just because we're flowing. That's just that's that's not true.
3: Yeah, it's I don't believe he would rather. I do believe he thinks he could win with anyone. Right. To some but he degree, can't get think them. he
4: can win with those guys because he just lost. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right?
3: But what I mean is not that like he could. I just mean, I think that he thinks going into any game. There's a I got a chance because of me, right? Now you're gonna play ten games with Nick Mullins. Yeah, you might have a chance, but you're not winning eight of them, right? C.J. Bethany, you're not. Winning. Mm-hmm. I just believe that he has. Com- I think. I think. I think. What Peter's saying is Kyle's got extreme confidence in himself, which we always talk about the Super Bowl as evidence that you need a Patrick Mahomes sometimes, somebody who can make a play that is not there to be made on the sideline. It has to be made on the field. That cuts both ways because on the other side, if you're going to make the other case for Kyle, you go, yeah, you do. But this guy had that team ahead of that other team in the Super Bowl until that guy made a couple of big plays. And if his guy hits a throw, then it doesn't matter what Patrick Mahomes does. See, to me, guy, where
4: I would, I'd even remove, the Super Bowl year was a one-off situation that they didn't win or lose because of Jimmy, right? It was just, it was really the defense let him down in the moment to me where everything changed and the reason this trade the Niners are now sitting at 3 was 2020 2020 to me hammered at home one right right jimmy's reliability fucking came way back into question like parked its you know he, he parked your car right in the front of we got a problem and then the disaster that just was like we can't win with anybody we just saw it because we had a playoff-level team. We were we had enough skill on offense. Our defense was definitely a playoff-level defense. And with these two randoms who, quote-unquote, I can win with anybody, my hand-picked backups, not only did I not win, a lot of times I was getting embarrassed because of these two guys. Remember there was like, I remember the Bills game when they kind of got some momentum back, and it was like, this is a joke. I mean, they got no shot with Mullins. <laughs> and Mullins really got exposed. And Mullins had lapped C.J. Beathard. So I, I think this year, the reason they are where they are is because of what he just experienced with just winning with everybody or anybody. His handpicked guys. I, I think it was proven like that's now Mac is. Here's where we've been kind of going back and forth. Mac is not those guys. Neither one of those guys would have sniffed playing at Bama. Uh, I look back at C.J. Beathard's college. Uh, statistics, he was under a 60% passer. He wasn't that accurate. I don't think he's, you know, football IQ is, I, I think he sometimes he struggles from what I've heard learning the offense. I think he's a good guy, and, you know, obviously Kittle likes him a lot, and the Jags just hired him to be the backup. But I think the reason the Jags hired him to be the backup, I saw a rap sheet say, like, I guess when Alex retired, Urban originally went to Alex and told him he wanted him to be the backup, that. and Alex said no. Right. And no, in the sense of like, not that he didn't want to like it was like, I don't want to just come to be a clipboard holder, which I give him some credit because I I mean, hell, I, I would imagine the Jags might have given him like three or four million dollars just to be like a lock backup that we don't even want to play. It's a pretty good gig. But yeah. when you've made one hundred ninety million, it's easy to
3: say no. Apparently, Alex, uh, is. I heard Alex, buddy told me Alex is building a big house down in Woodside, John, on the peninsula where Edelman, Edelman was. Edelman's front went to Woodside High School but apparently it's like big it's like north of Palo Alto a like huge lot you're lots. saying he's coming back to the bay wow that's I don't know if he's gonna live there I, full, I just I heard I he's go. building that big house there I don't
4: yeah I guess he had 190 million on a couple tax dollars pick one place to live <laughs> uh, so I yeah I just I, I don't I don't necessarily think maybe I'm wrong about it still up in the air, but I do not believe that he he believes at this point in time he can win with anyone because he just proved that he can. not He made a trade that he can't, so but like his actions show that he's he's acknowledged that. And it, Mac is better than those guys. Yeah,
3: I mean, like even even in a draft where there's not a run on quarterbacks and people are overreacting, this is a this is a early second round level talent, right? You believe yeah. that? So that is like, a better like, player. Like for example, the Jets.
4: I do believe internally they're probably like, I think we could have been pretty good with Sam Darnold, right? Like the next couple years. I think we could have rebuilt this with Sam Darnold. We just viewed this other guy as better, right? That's the reason they made their move. Not because they think that Sam Darnold, they couldn't win with him. Like I bet they would just say, we just viewed this as an incremental improvement. Where the Niners literally made this because their quarterback situation was such a debacle. Starters always hurt. Their backups are dreadful. The more games they have to pay yeah i don't dreadful think, like i i, I think this year, this year was an so. eye-opening embarrassment for those guys I, I think
3: don't you think they've been in i like i've said it i believe i believe they were in on stafford i believe they're in on deshaun i believe they're it talked about Donald, I now did they offer what has been reported you know that's different but i absolutely think that they've seriously considered all of those guys how could they not totally agree. how could they not um You know, I I talked to uh, a buddy that played in the league. He said it would not shock him in the slightest if Mac Jones ends up as a better player than Justin Fields or Trey Lance. But again, it's it's just, if you believe, I saw somebody in the YouTube comments say this, if you're Kyle and you believe that much in yourself, then wouldn't you believe that you could make Trey Lance or you could make Justin Fields as good as they could possibly be? Right? That's the catch-22 of the whole thing. If you believe I can take anybody. Now, maybe he would say, well, they've got to have, You know, I think this is the smartest guy, and I want, I need the smartest guy. But, I don't know, if you believe that much, we'll get to Trey Lance and Eisen in a second. Well, let's just use, like, Tim Couch and Donovan McNabb. Let's say I flip-flopped
4: them. Tim Couch uh, goes second to the Eagles and Andy Reid in 1999, and Donovan McNabb goes to the Browns. Is there a chance, right, that Tim Couch's career looks dramatically
3: different, and so does Donovan's? Yeah. And that doesn't mean that Tim would have been better than Donovan turned out to be, right? It just means Tim's yeah. career would have been better and Donovan's would have been worse. Can you believe, by the way, quick thought, since we, the Alex Smith, when we were just talking about Alex the last few days, could Mike McCarthy have been hired as, the head, as a head coach in 2021 coming off of a year in which he was the offensive coordinator for the number one overall pick who threw one touchdown and 11 picks? No chance. I mean, it's, Mike McCarthy had, an had an already been in Green Bay back. as an assistant. How was he getting a head job after that year?
4: Yeah, he wouldn't have. It's pretty crazy. It was kind of. I remember. I remember it being crazy at the time. Now, I, I remember it being a little like that. That because that's even fifteen twenty years ago. Typically, the coaches that got hired were the best coordinator. Like the the, the cycle has never really changed, right? If you're a coordinator on a playoff level team, like you have a much better shot of getting a head job than a coordinator on a shitty team. <laughs> right. And that that has been pretty consistent. most yes. of our life. I just say in sports guys from good teams. I was talking to a buddy on the Eagles. I'm like, you know, what's crazy is I've like kind of crossed paths in a weird way. Just my three years in Philly on just all these guys around the league, Jason Light all, that, that are GMs. Even though I didn't work with them, we all kind of like they all connected to Andy or Howie. Because over yeah. 15 years, everyone was hiring the Eagles personnel people, right? You just it's same with the Patriots. Like there were three or four teams that just produced the majority of people. It all had to do with they just consistently won.
3: And what right? did Deshaun Jackson it, it, say? Back to you. Uh, no, 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 I, I this. Lime. He he No, he said he's on the Rams now. Oh, yeah, yeah.
4: All right. But uh, it is just like just good is teams, crazy. and it's like that in college. Yeah. Just produce the most people that get jobs.
3: It feels like the only people that bounce like that are maybe like retread types, um, you know. But I feel like that's even happening less. Yeah, I do too. Okay. So the other quarterback report was uh, Rich Eisen. Rich Eisen, who said on his show yesterday that he's hearing. The pick for the Niners is Trey Lance. Quote, I'm hearing it's Trey Lance. And that neck up, he's really smart, really wants to learn. I'm hearing it might have been Trey Lance all along. He went on to say, this goes to your Kalani Sataki point. He went on to, to allude to, it's, it's hard to tell exactly what he's talking about, but he, he made it seem like Trey Lance was like following up with evaluators to ask them what they thought he could do better. Oh, he's one of like those asking guys. for feedback. Yeah, I thought maybe he was. I'd be. I want to hear like he's calling Matt Ryan and, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins, uh, trying to get some tips early. But, um, that's that's where Eisen is on this. So, to me, that is the most believable thing. Because
4: getting back to this again, Kyle could have gone rogue, but and what I mean rogue, like demanded he, that John and Parag do this, but do under what? no circumstances. To trade up to three for Mac Jones. Because my, my pushback, if I'm sitting next to him, like, Kyle, a guy like this has never gone to three. We don't need to give up this much to get this player. Now, with Trey Lance, and we talked about this, I think, in the last couple of days, the more and more you dove into him, and then you realize, like, how tall is he? Oh, he's almost six four. Oh, how big is he? 220. God, he's got a powerful arm. The more and more people are around him and get to meet this guy... The only chance we're going to have to get them is probably to be in the top five. And that goes back to, remember the reports, they tried for basically from three, four, five, like they were really aggressive into trading up. And then the moment Miami realized they could get back up, right, because it was pretty clear it was like a three team trade, even though they were two separate deals. Miami, I don't know if they've gone on record, but I know a lot of people like the Peter Kings and the Schragers have alluded to this. The trade would not have happened if the Eagles trade did not exist. Because Miami did not want to be at 12. Mm-hmm. But the the offer to the house analogy was like, God, they're offering triple what we think this house is worth? Like, we'll just find another house. And they, they were able to just have another house immediately able to buy, a.k.a. the Eagles pick. Yeah. Because my pushback would Mac Jones. If the Eagles were willing to trade, I would rather just trade the one fucking first round and keep my other first rounder and my third rounder and just go to six and get Mac Jones there. That will be my take if they take Mac Jones. If they take Trey Lance... I will imagine that they – and they can say whatever they want. Maybe they're lying. Maybe they're telling the truth. I guess if they admitted to like, yeah, we were in on Trey Lance from the moment we made the trade, they may just come out and say, listen, we were open-minded to whatever. I will believe that they were leaning Trey Lance because typically guys like him, his size, his strength, his just upside, the more and more people get around him, those guys rise. Rise, yeah. That That is like I, – I do think it's overrated. Like guys are rising and falling but in a year like this like your information it does kind of grow exponentially fast over like a two-month period because there is no combine you get to meet the guy like it is one of those years that things do change right like all of a sudden devontae smith you're like wait 166 pounds (laughs) like that's you know that's it's not he's not falling because his play's any different it's just one of those like can we feel comfortable taking a guy in the top 10 that weighs 166 pounds yeah, it's rare because you'd say in the
3: history of the league it's never happened. But Trey Lance is really unique in that you wouldn't have asked about him two years ago necessarily, and this year you only had yeah, one he game. He wasn't on anyone's radar. Yeah, and, and who that, knows and how the many people way, are going the game, was that? Does everybody go the game to North, didn't count? The, the game, I, I'd say yeah. the game didn't even count. But does everybody go to North Dakota State? Like, uh, as many people oh, like, does every I've, scout hit it like they hit
4: Ohio State? I think because they've produced players the last half decade, yeah. Now, you know, you would approach it like maybe not like Ohio State, which you would never skip out on Ohio State, but like a Fresno or Nevada, they have better years than other years, right? There's a year when a Fresno or Nevada will have a first or second round pick, and then there'll be a year where they only have like two seventh round picks. But you're hitting the school every year. Like they've earned that right. Mm -hmm. I think North Dakota State has earned that right. If I was a GM or a college director, I would tell our scout every year whether, like, because you get a list, right? You get a preseason list based on junior tape of whether they have draftable players. And that's usually how you build your schedule. I think that a program like, like, it's irrelevant if you do the West Coast, USC, Oregon, any of the Pac-12 schools. You're going in no matter what, who's on that list. Now, obviously, USC, Oregon, those guys, Washington now always (laughs) have guys. Where Fresno and the Nevadas and the San Diego States can be a little more hit or miss. I think the North Dakota State would just be viewed like the non-Power 5 D1s. Just because, like, I mean, they've produced now. If Trey Lance, I mean, they're going to have two top five quarterbacks. At minimum, and they'd have they'd a, a backup. Like, sorry. Quarter,
3: at minimum, their quarterback's probably yeah. going to be a backup in the league. Yeah. We're hitting that, definitely. So, yeah. But you, like, a
4: year ago when your guy, pre-corona, 19 – You'd be like, oh, your quarterback fucking looks awesome. And he's like, yeah, he's 19. He's gonna, we're gonna win a couple of natties with him. You're not even you're probably making a, a note, like, I gotta keep an eye on this guy. But then the next year, this you know, just things happen that you could never have structured your scouting, you know, uh, kind of calendar around with this guy. Yeah. Because and you I, and don't I do think like the, the the game, I would imagine they sent because he was clearly an NFL guy. Once the season got canceled, the Corona stuff happened. So maybe you did go to that, but what are you really getting? Like, we can't really judge his success or failure in the game, but you do get to just see
3: him, I guess, right? You, you wouldn't? Do you write? Do you even write up a sophomore, even if he's a talented player? Would you have written up a sophomore? I I wouldn't have in my NFL experience. Yeah. Belichick, they might, yeah. yeah. Well Belichick does because he wants to go back and watch the next year that guy play against whoever was drafted out of the game that he played as in a sophomore a sophomore year. And he also he also doesn't subscribe to the uh to the scouting
4: services. I've heard Bastl they just Steal 'em. What's the one called? Ba- Bastl? Yeah, Blesto and like whatever the other one is. You're saying National he uses somebody Stanford. else's sign in information? No, nah, yeah, I've heard that they, they get it anyway. But that the why everyone always wants to leave, like their scouts. Because they have to write up all these young guys that none of the other scouts do because we just get handed the information. It sucks. I mean, it's a lot of extra busy work. And it's not like they're just, they're the best drafting team in the league. You're like, what are we doing this for? He doesn't even listen to me. It stinks. Yeah. I, I, you're think, like, I know you're getting the printout anyway.
3: Um, I think no matter who gets drafted, there will be, if it's Mack, if it's Fields, if it's Lance... There will be a lot of, and it'll be easy to say, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Here's why that one makes a lot of sense. From a Niners perspective, I think this is going to sound crazy. I almost think you could argue Fields makes the least amount of sense in terms of just, actually, as I say that, no, it doesn't because then he worked with Beck and he Kyle had him with the QB Collective. I don't know. They all make sense. I just think there's a lot on, I think there's a lot on Trey Lance that makes sense, as do you. So that's been our I expected our it pick. at this point in time.
4: Trey Lance or Mac Jones more than hearing Justin Fields' names, and, and who knows? Like if they if they say Justin Fields, I'll be surprised or whatever. But I'm not like shocked. I'm not gonna be shocked at any of these fucking names at this point in right. time. Yeah, we'll get but to the lights. anticipation when they get to the clock. I'd even argue the anticipation when the Jets are on the clock. Like, could they throw a curveball here?
3: That one would shock me. Even though I probably I shouldn't be shocked, that would shock me that they kept it. Hopefully that quiet for that long and kept everybody on the same person but the wrong person for that long I'd uh, I'd love for them to
4: take Mac Jones
3: (laughs) that's my hope that would be incredible could you imagine there's no way they could pull that one off All right, John before we go any further let's tell the people wineaccess.com slash ham 20% off your first order any bottles not the bottles we have any bottles you want 20% 20% off. This is a premium, premium curation of wines from $15 to $300. Um, this is a company that uh, only puts the best of the best. They've got a full team of wine experts, sommeliers. Nothing gets on WineAccess.com unless they universally approve it. Only one out of 18 bottles get on the WineAccess.com. Imagine that. Satisfaction guarantee. They're so confident that uh, if you don't like a bottle, they'll get you something else. That simple. Amazing prices, great selections.
4: Guy, do you like doing things for other people? Do you like making other people smile? Yeah. Do you like yep. getting people gifts when they least expect it? Absolutely. There is no better gift to get a parent, to get a mom, a dad, a grandparent, a significant other, a brother, a sister, a cousin. You know what? I'm going to send my cousin, my my sister, a couple bottles of wine out of the blue. They're like, oh, thank you so much. You're thinking about me. Think about doing that for others. And do it on us. Wineaccess.com slash am. 20% off. You go there, you can order a $15 bottle of wine, you can order a $100 bottle of wine, you can order whatever you want. Send gifts. Do things for others, because that's the right thing to do. Wineaccess.com slash ham, and do it cheaply. If you're a wine wine expert,
3: you'll find all kind of great deals. If you're a wine amateur like us, uh, the beauty, one of the things, every bottle you get comes with... This card tells you all about the wine, tells you how to drink, tells you what it is exactly that you're tasting, right? Your oak intensity, your body, your tannins, your acidity, your fruit intensity, and the best pairings. Uh, Red meat, soft cheese, fish, white meat, veggies, whatever it is. Wineaccess.com slash ham, 20% off. Uh, They've got the wine clubs, the Discovery Club, six bottles for 120, the Connoisseurs Club, two for 150. But again, you don't have to worry If you don't want to be in a club, you just buy five bottles, buy one bottle. They all they got it all. Do it. And do it now. Wineaccess.com. Slash ham. Ham. Okay. Ham, ham. Um, so we just said there are things that would not shock us. Let's talk about the things that would shock us. What do you think? this first round will be? Will this be a first round of chalk and obvious picks or a first round of shock, chalk or shock? Well, I I think typically in a draft, you have established
4: players and non quarterback. I think for the most part, you get an idea of this year, Trevor Lawrence. I'd say the group of five quarterbacks that three or four of them are going to go really high. And then, like last year, was an offensive line heavy draft. So you had Becton, the big dude from Louisville. You had Andrew Thomas, who was the fourth overall pick. You had the corners, Akuda. Then you also had uh, Worfs, who was sneaking around. You had Javon Kinlaw. You just had these names that were like lock top 15 picks. We didn't know which order, but we knew in some form or fashion that they were going to go, and then they did. And then you had Isaiah Simmons, who was like this hybrid player. I'm just using last year's draft as an example. We'd go the year before when it was like Kyler Murray, Devin White. It was uh, Nick Bosa. Like there were just some names. I don't necessarily feel like there are just lock names beside like Kyle Pitts, who I think is going to be the first skill guy off the board. But it wouldn't shock me if Slater goes or Panay Sewell goes first. It wouldn't shock me if one of those guys gets is there at 10. It wouldn't shock me if Jamar Chase goes 5 or goes 11. Like, I think there's going to be a lot of... And you saw it last year with the wide receivers. We had all these wide receiver names. But we really didn't. I think most people thought Judy was going to go first. And people were like, CeeDee Lamb's the best wide receiver. No one was really saying Ruggs was going to go in the top 15. People thought he was like a first-round player. And then he goes first. And then kind of the... The damn breaks. I think we're going to get a lot of that guy. I'd say beside Kyle Pitts, I'm pretty open-minded non-quarterback of like, I'm ready for anything. If you tell me like Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, all go in the top 10, believable. If you tell me that Jamar Chase goes like 11 or something, like I think it's believable. Because there's no, there's here's the thing. Typically there are three or four defensive linemen. Last year it was like, last year it was Chase Young, was this the last year? Yeah, it was Chase Young and Derek Brown, the defensive tackle from Auburn. It's like those two guys are gonna go in the top. Chase Young was gonna go fucking high, and then Derek Brown was a top ten pick. Like I don't think there's a top ten lineman that's a lock. I mean, everyone that I talked to in the league is like Jalen Phillips, Jalen Phillips. I'm like, what's his deal? And it's like, well, he had all these injuries. Yep. he's a little crazy. Then Chip showed up, and obviously he's the anti-Chip because he's talented and a head case. So he transfers to Miami, but he ret- medically retires. That guy could go. Yeah, no, I don't like. Is he going to go in the top fifteen? Like he's definitely a top ten talent, but I don't think anyone's drafting him that high.
3: I, I think if, if when you look at mock drafts, John, from a defensive end standpoint, it's all over the board, right? It's I, I saw one today that had Joe Tryon from Washington. Now again, I'm not saying every mock. I'm just saying like it's it doesn't it doesn't feel like to your point. There's much. Consensus. I don't even know who that is. UW, Quitty Pay, Michigan, right? You see him in the top fifteen. with yeah, people, no, pe- people like him. Yeah, he's good. Um, but I'd say, don't
4: you think most of the last several years, like we've had lock like staple top five type players, the Bosa brothers, Chase Young, Miles Garrett, I think Devin White a couple years ago that went five. Like I just think you knew these guys. Like Micah Parsons is a guy this year that people like a lot, but I don't know he's probably going to end up going somewhere between ten and twenty. Like there's not a lock. Sewell and Slater, between the two of them, one of them is going to go like top seven or eight. But I don't... Who knows? I mean, I just... The corners, I think, are kind of all over the board. People like certain People like... Uh, Horn. Joe, Joe Horn's kid, yeah. Jason. But it's not like... Like last year, Akuda. It was like, it was like he's going to go really high. And then it was like, it actually didn't go that well. You know, if you could do a redo, I think they'd probably do a redo there. I mean, if they could do a redo, what they would pick is they would take fucking Justin Herbert. And that's what, if they could do a redo, what they do.
3: Yeah. No, I, I think it's, I, now again, like, well, I mean, if I told you would the, would the football team,
4: if they could do a redo, Chase Young looks remarkable. Are they taking Justin Herbert if you gave him a redo? Yeah. You have to. I mean, it's not, and I, I've heard Rivera talk about Chase Young. Like, they love him. Like, they think he's their Khalil Mack. But, I mean, the quarterback always I mean if that draft gets redone, do the Bengals have to think twice about Herbert at one?
3: Uh yeah, but I mean I I thought Burrow looked good. Again, Burrow didn't look like Herbert. Herbert's person the Herbert personnel support was much greater than Burrow's. Yeah, but you have I mean yeah. look, Bur, Herbert of course you have to think twice. Absolutely you do. I could just see you still coming on. Uh I could see you still settling on drafting Burrow even if you knew what Herbert looked like. Was that is that fair? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I don't,
4: I, I, he was, I, he, Burrow was damn good given his circumstances until his leg got snapped. And I, I saw yesterday or a couple of days ago, he said that he, he, he'll be ready for week one. Cause I remember when he got hurt, people were like, Oh, there's a lot of tendons and a lot of ACLs. It's yeah. like, he might, it's an 18 month injury. He's like, I've seen him like basketball games with his dad. He's walking around. It looks fine. Yeah.
3: Modern medicine. Um, John, looking at the, uh, uh, you know, I, I would say the other name, like, I think some of this stuff, to your point, is there's a lot of, there aren't a ton of names. Where the first running back goes will probably be a big moment in the draft, right? We assume we know who it is. But I would say that'll be a moment. Who knows when that happens? Does that happen 20? Does that happen 31? Feels like it'll happen somewhere in that range. Yeah. But that could be a moment. Like, if the first run ends and he doesn't go, which I have a. I'd have a hard time seeing that at this point, but Najee Harris. are you Harris? talking about? Najee Harris. It does feel like a couple, it does feel like Najee and
4: Travis Etienne will both be first round picks. But, I mean, you can never say certain for a running back. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. They go like, if you told me that Etienne and Najee didn't get drafted, I would bet on them being like 33, 34, 35, like immediately get picked in the second round. Because that's usually like that, that Nick Chubb, boom, right? Yeah. If Najee Harris was on the board, I would expect him to be the first pick in the second round or the second. Someone might even move up. He to wouldn't make it pass like the Jets or the Jags. Yeah. Uh,
3: yeah. I think he's going in the first round too. I I, I, I expect ETN and Najee to both go in the twenties. Especially if you think there's only 22 first round level players, even if you don't think they're one, they're just easy to, and you can't trade out. That's an easy one to take, right? Yeah plug-and-play dominant player okay so I want to run a a take by you Kyle Pitts seems to me that if I'm Kyle Pitts and I'm Kyle Pitts' agent uh, it is in my best interest to be a wide receiver not a tight end and if I'm a team drafting and I like Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase the same and Kyle Pitts is a tight end Jamar Chase a receiver I save a lot of money if I draft Kyle Pitts instead of Jamar Chase just based on what tight ends get paid versus what receivers get paid. And I started thinking about this yesterday when I saw Feldman, Bruce Feldman wrote a piece in The Athletic, and in it he had a thing about Kyle Pitts that said, Kyle Pitts, people think he could have been a defensive end if he wanted to be. Um, well, that would have been more financially smart for him too because Joey Bosa got $78 million guaranteed. If you're an elite pass rusher, if you're an elite receiver, I mean the the conversation starts at forty million dollars, right? Guaranteed, not pra- like at signing. I, guaranteed, might be sixty. Yeah, I think he got
4: a seventy-eight. I thought it was a hundred and two million, like like actually guaranteed. Yeah, seventy-two, seventy-eight
3: signing bonus or whatever. Yeah, I think the practical guarantees were over a hundred, just like they were for uh, Miles Garrett. What did Khalil Mack get three years ago? Sixty million. million. Ni- yeah, and ninety. And ninety. Hopkins got forty-three. Kittle's make Kittle, and Kelsey combine for forty three guaranteed at signing. I know. Like one thing I started thinking: if I'm Kyle Pitts, is there a way for me to hold out until they put it in my contract? I'm a receiver and not a tight end. The answer is probably no, right? The arbitration just comes down to where you line. But your but your but your rookie contract is not determined by any of that. Like he wants to get drafted
4: as high as possible. It it has no bearing on his initial. Because I think they right. would
3: say we're just drafting you. We're, we haven't determined a position yet. Right. And what I would say is, could you hold out to say, I know this doesn't affect this contract, but I know it affects my next contract. I want, I want, I want to, I want you to list me as a receiver. I want to be a receiver. So there's no debate, but I'm no going to play you as a tight end. Yeah, and you're that's where block. it gets, and that's where you get trapped if you're him. They're like, well, yeah, we'll call you whatever we want, but we're going to attach you to the line of scrimmage. We're going to be like arbitration hearing. Here's Kyle Pitts blocking a defensive end. You're a receiver, and Kyle Pitts will go. I'm not blocking any defensive ends, right? Because the conversation with him is he's not Kittle from like a blocking standpoint, right? No, he's Kelsey. Most guys aren't, but bigger. So, uh, to me, there was such a value in Kyle Pitts knowing. That he is going to cost me twenty to th- now. Now maybe by the time he gets paid, John, the league changes, because that's what's crazy about tight ends. The elite guys like Kittle and Kelsey, they are far more rare than the elite wide receivers, and yet you can get we'll them at a premium. Yeah. By the time he's a free agent, maybe the league adjusts for that. But for the no, moment, you don't have you don't have to pay a premium to keep him. <laughs> yeah, that's the you point. get to, it's you, such a value. Yeah, game.
4: I mean, you, you fuck. I just don't know what he does because he is a tight end. Right. Like, I I just think we we went through this last year with Kittle and clearly the Zenny is paying him on the side because he did not get very much money. And Kelsey signed for less. So I I, I, unless someone refuses to hold out, but like he's not holding out for any more money on this contract. Like this is not the time to make the draw the line in the sand. He's going to have to do it like he becomes a star and he becomes Kittle or Kelsey. And then he holds out in three or four years. To me, that's his move. Like, there, there is no move to be made coming into the draft,
3: in my opinion. Yeah, like no, I, I don't think there is. I th- My question was, if I'm his agent, can I get it written into his contract that he's a receiver? Not for this contract, but for the next contract.
4: And Yeah, but, like, you get
3: – remember, Jimmy Graham's wasn't well, – it wasn't about what I wrote. It was it, about how he played. Well, exactly. But my point is, like, I, I'm, I'm not going to arbitration about whether I'm a tight end when it comes to franchise tag time, right? That's what Jimmy Graham did. And they're like, no, just look at the percentages. Now, I don't think it says in your contract what position you play, though. No, I doubt it does. What I'm saying is, is there a way to put a put something in that guarantees I get traded like a receiver when it comes time to get paid, right? Yeah, it's not
4: out of the own possibility that if he becomes what everyone thinks he's going to become, that he's the first guy to really ruffle the feathers in three or four years. Because Kittle and Kelsey did not, right? No. They both signed. I mean, Kelsey signed a deal that was cheaper than Kittle's. Now, Kittle was at free agency. But I think we were both pretty shocked at the numbers. Kittle's number was low. And then when Kelsey signed it and he took less guaranteed than Kittle even got, even though it was technically an extension, it was pretty nuts. Yeah.
3: Yeah, maybe the league changes by then too, right? Maybe he gets. I, well, maybe tight ends are treated. Why, why, why would the league want to change? Well, it's not that the league wants to change. It's just I wonder if like the standards and arbitration would change.
4: But they don't. The thing is that the guy, the sweet ones, are now under contract. Who really exists? I guess Waller would have a chance to create a. Stink. Waller would
3: be the guy. There's only three or four of them, and three of them are under contract. Is Johnu Smith got 31? Hunter Henry got 25.
4: Yeah, I mean, I don't think there have been a defensive
3: sniffing. Kyle, think about Amari.
4: A Amari two years
3: ago got sixty. Uh, it's crazy. That's this asset is so much harder to. I mean, just look at this draft. I know. There's four. There's four like top twelve level receivers, and there's one tight end, and the four all four of those. The worst of those four are probably going to get more than Kyle Pitts on their next contract, as long as they're good. Honestly, it's kind of bullshit. I mean, it's it's, not kind of it's not kind of bullshit. It is bullshit. But if you're a drafting team like I would value Kyle Pitts ahead of Jamar Chase if I thought they were equal prospects just based on that alone. But it's just part of the deal. Like Orlando Brown last
4: year had to move to left tackle on the Ravens when Ronnie Stanley chattered his ankle was like you have to trade me because I'm about to be a free agent and I'm not a right tackle. Right. Because a year a per year basis the right tackle makes five to six million dollars less than the top left tackle. Like that's you're like, I'm still blocking, but it's not like I don't have to block the Boses and Khalil Max and Aaron Donald. What the fuck? You know what he should do? I, I would
3: be furious. He should he should uh if I were his agent, I would like do some study, a Boris style study on like how many times Khalil Mack lined up against me versus how many times he lined up on the other side. Just hope that it comes out the same.
4: Well, the problem is I don't think the league, they're not disputing that you don't have to block these guys. It's just precedent. That's all it is. Precedent. No one ever, no one ever breaks it because it's bad for the league. It's crazy. Mahomes did, but no one else
3: followed. You said Mahomes?
4: He shattered precedent with just his length of his contract and everything. But, he
3: was such an outlier, knowing everyone was like, oh, that's his Mahomes." Right? Also, with quarterbacks, you're like this. The cost is only going up. I mean, they're going up for everybody. But with quarterbacks, it's probably he's an outlier. He's the best quarterback in the league. I, I do think there's going to be a line,
4: though, where someone has to draw with the quarterbacks oh. of. Yeah, we just don't think you're a 40 million dollar guy. Like we'll pay you 27, but we're not paying you 40. Like that, that eventually is going to happen because not everyone is a top five quarterback. And they're going to be a team that draws a hard line in the stand. Like, yeah, you're just the 13th best guy. We're not – in baseball it happens a lot. Like the super, super top guy gets the $300 million. But there are a lot of guys that get like $120 million. Like why, why doesn't that happen with quarterbacks? But it doesn't. And it's why a lot of teams don't have a chance to win the Super Bowl. I think the reason it doesn't happen with guy.
3: quarterbacks is that in baseball, even the best players are, are worth a few wins, but they're not – you know, you need a lot of good players to be great in football. You change everything when you add or subtract a great quarterback. Totally agree. Or, or a good, a serviceable quarterback, right? I, I agree there, but I'm just saying not everyone's worth the same price. Yeah, for sure. I what would be interesting when that happens is what does that person get as a free agent? Because that's what I mean. Is that not kind of that's what we talk about? Well, like cousins. I think
4: I think Derek, I think Derek Carr is a good example. Like if he makes it a free agency, I think we'd all acknowledge he's a good quarterback, but he's not like a $45 million quarterback, whatever he'll be at the time. Right. I'd have no problem paying him like 30. Like I'd, I'll give you a four years, 30 a year. I'll, I'll guarantee $120 million for your contract. Every penny guaranteed a 30. I don't want to ever hit the 42 mark, though. That's what that was my beef with Dak. Like I, $40 million Dak. I, I'll pay you 28 a year. And they ultimately gave in. And we'll see. I mean, I, he's going to be a great case study, right? If they're just putting up numbers, but it's like, you know, it's just, I mean, I'm fascinated to watch him because he got, we, we judged him a lot differently than, you know, when you make 800
3: grand than when you do $40 million a year. Well, I would say he got judged differently before he even got paid because we were talking about the possibility of him getting paid. We've been talking about whether or not Dak is worth it for a couple of years now, just based on it. Kind of, we knew where it was headed, right? Yeah. And I think if you said if you told everybody two years ago the number's going to be forty, just watch him. Would, is that going to be a good deal? I think most people would say no. Not for forty. I think most people agree that it's a no.
4: Yeah, yeah. But now if he rattles off some playoff victories, he can shut everyone up. Yeah, if he if he
3: improves as a player, um, if his team gets better. Butcherbox.com/slash/ham and another special deal: free for a year. Yeah, Prize Picks is where it's at. Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 5 million users. I've been using it and telling you about it for months. It's the most fun and exciting way to get it on the action while you watch your favorite sports and players. We're not going to talk about my Otani Less season long pick quite yet on his home run total. You just pick more or less of two or more player stats for a shot to win up to 100 times your cash for example this week on prize picks you can go Anthony Edwards more than 29 points and Nikola Jokic more than 10 rebounds playoff times the time to join because star players mean more on prize picks keep an eye out for the starred players on the board and you could receive a 10% payout boost if they're in your winning lineup so right now download the prize picks app and use the code ham50 for a first deposit match of up to hundred dollars Prize picks code ham 50 first deposit match up to 100 bucks Prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy what's up everybody it's your old friend john
4: middlecoff i'm here to tell you about our friends at game time here's what i need you to do go to your smartphone download a little app called game time baseball season's in full swing oracle park been there a million times never doesn't live up to the hype go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app, your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. GameTime app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code.
5: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.
1: you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
3: The, uh, I want to throw something else at you. We did not talk about this uh, before the podcast, but I just saw this, John. And I think this is, uh, this is worth bringing up for a second. This is, I guess, did Mayoc just talk to the media? Um, I just. Saw I think this. every GM slash head coach has to talk to the media once leading up to the draft. So, yes, probably his time. I just saw this tweet from uh, Vic Tafer. OK, take a look at this. This says Mike Mayock just said there's been a lot of lively conversations in the building on where the Raiders stand with drafting players who opted out last season. Mike Mayock said, "There's been a lot of lively conversations in the building on the on where the Raiders stand with drafting players who opted out last season." I, I know which side of the lively conversation I'd be I'd be on. I I think it's kind of a waste to have a lively conversation about it. You're telling me you would not you would like Penesua less or Jamar Chase less because they opted out. That seems crazy. But I don't think he's talking. But I, but I don't think he's talking about a lot of different
4: players opted out. Like I, I think. Not everyone's in the same conversation. I bet when different names come up, we have different conversations. He's not, they're not drafting Panesul. I understand, but if, but we do have
3: to under we do have to if we're gonna give one guy a pass for it, pass air quotes. We do have to understand everybody's circumstances were kind of crazy then. Like I give guys the well, benefit no, of the I, I give guys the benefit of the doubt if they opted out. I don't the, think they're not Jamar, competitors
4: if they opted out. Well, to me, but this is where I'm pushing back.
3: I don't think they're arguing over Jamar Chase. Or but but I'm, not, not I'm just saying, if board. I'm giving Jamar Chase a break, why am I not giving a third round pick a break about it? Because I don't treat, I, we don't treat everyone the same. That's not the way the well, world works. of course not. Of course we don't treat everybody the same. But if I can look at Jamar Chase and go, I don't think Jamar Chase doesn't like competing. I don't think that about him. But a third rounder, I think that guy doesn't like competing. Because I don't think you are good enough to opt out. Yeah, that but it's all about, what, 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 But but again, if you draft me in the fifth round, and I was, or you draft me in the third round. Let's talk. Let's say, let's say we're talking about a third round pick. You draft me in the third round. I opted out. In my mind, I might go, good thing I opted out. I could have broken my leg. I was just a third round pick. Or if, what if you would have competed and became a top 40 pick? Yeah, maybe I could have. But, I, but again, you just drafted me in the third round. So I, if you think I could have been a top 40 pick if I had stayed in, that's great. But I know right now I was a third round pick because I didn't tear my ACL this year. But maybe Mayock's uh, saying it was like
4: I, we wouldn't fuck with third-round guys. Obviously, if Panay Sewell or Jamar Chase fell to us 17, we take them. But like the guys in the in – the, and I, I don't know the list of guys that opted out. I only know about the top guys, but it does feel that there were more around the country that a mid-round guy I'm not going to feel comfortable taking if they didn't play. Because I'm just saying that could be their argument.
3: Just because like who are you opt out? Like for what?
4: You're well, not, I mean, here's opt- an example.
3: Like Panay Seul Lawrence played. I'm not using Panay Sul as an example. I'm just giving you a time an example of a timeline. Panay Sewell opted out on September seventh. The Pac twelve announced it was coming back to play football like three weeks after that. Yeah, no, so I don't think I'm not talking about about Panay Sewell. I'm saying if there's an example of just how it worked in the Pac-12, you could have opted out in September and then three weeks later they said they're playing. You moved everything out of your out of your these are lively discussions like you got to have these discussions. (laughs) Yeah, so but the idea that like I would say a guy opted out so he must be he must not be a competitor like I can't as a blanket statement say that about anybody, whether they're a third round pick or a fifth round pick or a first round pick. But I just think we have to have the conversation on every
4: individual separately. If you're just having a blanket discussion, I would agree with you. That's stupid. But if every individual to me is not getting judged the same, no one blamed Jamar Chase, not a fucking soul there. But I, I don't know these other players, but if there's a player like a third, fourth round guy based on 19 and he just tapped out and they're like, yeah, you know, at like LSU, we're like, I don't know why this guy left. We're like, what are you doing, man? We're playing. And he just
3: stopped. Like, maybe you have to judge that guy differently. Maybe, but I, but I would say I would give my point is I would give all of those guys the benefit of the doubt that it's not that they're not just they don't like competing because the situation was pretty fucked, right? Especially at the beginning when you had to make the decision. It was like to me that's different than a regular year and you walk away in the middle of the year. And even then, there's circumstances. Tot- totally agree, but I but I think
4: we have enough evidence. Like a lot of people played, <laughs> like a lot of the draftable. Again, I I, I give the elite guys. I don't worry about them. There were some guys, I think J.C. Horn is an example, of like three or four games in, once his team sucked, he tapped out. Don't blame him either. Like, we ain't going to a bowl game, he left. I think that happened with the Mississippi State guy. I just think you treat this like you would any instance with any individual player. You have the conversation in a vacuum with that guy. I think that's the way what you hear. I I haven't heard one person go, Panay Sewell, I'm just using him as an example. That's never come up one conversation or anything I've read. Jamar Chase either. But I think there are other individuals that are gonna get judged more harshly
3: when you're an average guy. Yeah, well, look, if you Because there were some players that came back, right, in the Pac twelve. Yeah, absolutely. There were some guys that came back. There were some guys that opted out and then came back and then opted out again when it when it got when it got pushed back. Like I'm just saying the yeah. players were getting kind of swung all over the place. If you go, what? What? I don't want to. I don't even live here. I got to go back over there. Is school gonna start? School's gonna start before they've announced that we're coming back. So I got to go go to school for two months. But then we might not play. So then I'm gonna leave. Yeah, I'm but just this is giving what I'm saying.
4: It. Like the, the Pac-12 guy is a different discussion than the SEC guy when they were always playing the full schedule. Or the ACC or the uh, Big Twelve, right? Their, their timelines were different. These are just conversations. Their timelines were different, were but
3: I, I'm just saying as a baseline, I'm not judging those guys any differently based on just what the year was. That's all. That's what I just think. I, I I think it would depend on what you're told
4: from the program. Like, what if what if the guy's like, you know. Billy, I'm just using random guy. Again, I don't have the Thank list you for of protecting these guys. Billy's the, identity. The, the, the only one that we know, or at least the the casual fan listening to this knows, are the top guys that opted out, but there were clearly a ton more. Right. What if I told you Oklahoma had this guy, and he was like a mid-round pick, and, and Lincoln's like, you know, I, we didn't even think he liked football anyway. The other guys were like, bro, you should play. We're playing. His roommates were playing. He's like, yeah, I'm kind of over it, and he just left. Like, what if you get – Information can change from guy sure, to Sure, but you
3: get that. You get – they could have said that about him if he had played, that we don't think he really likes football that much, and right? Like they might have – Well, I mean that – If you've me, been in the program the for lively, two years.
4: But that's part of the lively discussion. You might like the player, and then they're telling you like, this guy opted out. And he did not opt out cuz he was scared of corona. He just quit cuz he fucking
3: doesn't like football. Well, like, I just think these 100%. are lively discussions. That's but to me that's like that's a conversation just about the guy that you would have had about him. They formed that opinion over the previous 2 years when he did play football. That's what I'm saying.
4: But, you but that's got- the way I that's the way I read that quote. But now, and listen, I think in defense of what you're saying, there are going to be old school coaches and and probably scouts too. And I would call these guys negative Nancy's glass half empty type guys that are immediately going to hate that guy, which is fine. But okay, that's that. Isn't that the way society works? Most people just have blanket thoughts in their head that are wrong. Naturally. Sure. It's just that's human nature.
3: Yeah. And I'm saying I think you have you have a greater potential to miss if you th- look at these guys that way. than if you Kevin Colbert don't. told Kevin Clark, the GM of the
4: Steelers, who I think we all acknowledge is a top two or three general manager in the league. We will we will lean with the guys that played this year over yeah. the guys that opted out. He said that, was that before the season, if I remember ago. correctly? Yeah. Uh,
3: it, now, part of that could be we have more recent, like, uh, if you're saying I got tape right now on this guy as opposed to a guy, okay, that's different to me. If you're saying I've got tape on these guys that's not a year old, then that's legitimate. I'm not talking about that. Yeah.
4: Well, the tape is kind of your currency to evaluate. Like that is your information, right? That's a huge part of it. So you, when you miss it, it throws people off. And then when you factor in everyone's story is going to be a little different, that I, I think it's just if you're not having lively discussions over this. I don't know what it, you know. It's just you're just having lively discussions about players. I, I think that's just part of an element, and I. I would imagine Gruden and they probably have some coaches on that staff who are a little more old school. Yeah, it I, might just be the
3: head coach, right? I, I read this. There have been a lot of lively discussions in the building about where they stand on drafting players who opted out last season. You're right. That could definitely be like we've just had a bunch of individual players. We've gone back and forth on all of them. I read that as like, hey, do we want to draft anybody that opted out last year? But you're right. Maybe it's that's yeah, how I read it.
4: I I, did, I didn't read it that way. But I also think like the headliners – they ain't getting them, right? If, if you told me, like, I guess they, Panay Sewell could be the right tackle. Let's just say he tumbled to him. And they passed on Panay Sewell And it came out, Mike was like, we weren't comfortable because he opted out. I would be in complete agreement. That's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. But that, that's not going to happen. Now, I do think fairly – one of the corners fairly, I think, has a bad back. Horn, I think, opted out midseason. When, when, he was a South Carolina guy, right? Yeah, and their Horn, season yeah. was a disaster. Their coach ended up getting fired. If like he was there and people were like, God, this is incredible value. And then they didn't take him. They're like, he opted out midseason. I'm like, come on, guys. Are you serious? Like I, that, To me, I'd say J.C. Horn, of all the opt-outs, like, he showed up. He played, and then once the season was going to hell, his coach was a dead man walking. He's like, guys, I'm out. I cannot afford to. To me, took I'd say as far as I could. He has the most validity. Him, I'd even say Jamar too, because it was like the moment Joe Burrow left, and he was justified quick when they lost their opening game to Mississippi State. Panay, it's like you know his brother was there, but I get it. Like the, the Pac-12 got was the ultimate yo-yo, and they just followed the Big Ten. Like that was a little more complicated. But I don't think anyone's judging him. I don't think anyone's yeah, judging him. I'd, I'd be I'd be interested if
3: anybody has. Because the, if the, anybody here's the thing though, because I, the other, you, the you problem, can't act like, Go ahead. You
4: can't act like like opting out like a lot of guys played and these guys are all getting drafted. Like right. Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, Beck Jones obviously he's a bad example. Trevor Lawrence, Najee Harris, ETN, like all these NFL players coming into the season, like I'm fucking in. Right. So it is understandable where it's like, well,
3: Travis Etienne didn't tap out, right, or whoever you like. Yeah, I, again, did not. Again, I think there's all these circumstances. My ultimate point: I have not for a second held it against any of those guys. Going, I don't know what I, these guys. I, I know my team. It's great if you believe your team, and I'm here with my guys. That's great. But if I'm a player, I also know why we're doing this whole thing, and if I don't want to be a part of that, then I'm not. Like I, I get that. Now the irony is for the tackles, didn't Slater opt out did Slater play this year? Or did he opt out also? I don't I think he opted out too. So like but the but top I, but I don't I'm not yeah, I, don't I don't think the I'm conversation not, I'm not going back down tackles. that road. I'm just pointing out that if you have a problem with it and you need a tackle, <laughs> you're in a tough spot. If you're at the top of the draft.
4: I do think this conversation is gonna be interesting because there are gonna be a lot of guys and this just naturally happens. Once the second round starts, a lot of guys get drafted that the casual fan doesn't know. Then there will be names that like this guy didn't play this year in the second, third, fourth rounds. Much more interesting than like, like Panay Sewell, Jamar Chase, Horn, like all oh, these guys are going to go in the top 20. Yeah. You're right though. Like if the Raiders, if one of these guys are falling, that would be interesting if if it comes out, a guy went goes Panay Sewell goes 16
3: instead of 6 and it goes, well, you opted out or Slater, but it doesn't feel like that's going to no, be the case. Right, it doesn't. Sway said, asked on, on YouTube, here's a YouTube comment. Did opting out of a bowl game hurt players. I mean, McCaffrey opted out of the bowl game, right? I don't didn't, I don't think opting out of bowl games hurts anybody. No, it's Slater didn't play. I do. I do give you credit. Listen,
4: Christian McCaffrey is a high character stud. He opted out of the bowl game and then he didn't go. I do like when a guy opts out of the bowl game and it just goes with his team. Right, like that does like those are your friends. McKeel I Harry mean, did they're, they're roommates.
3: Yeah, just Nikhil Harry opted like, out of the bowl. Who they play? They play SC. They played at the uh, they played in the Vegas. Vegas bowl. Oh, they yeah. played first. He State. was on the sideline. I think. Yeah, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, he was there. I, I like it when a guy goes to the bowl game. Just like every Alabama guy does that. Like comes back. Yeah. I mean, not opts out and then comes back. Like plays. And if if he not, then he's it, there. The Bama guys I don't think are big on opting out. (laughs) No, it's really incredible. I mean, Waddle opted in when everyone's like, bro, stay out. Came back from injury. Um, You want to get to some uh, uh, YouTube's Keith says, opting out after your team isn't playing well is a negative, just walking away from your teammates midseason. I mean, obviously, if you get hurt, too, like that was the Nick Bosa deal, right? Bosa got hurt and then left.
4: Again. But I think I, I think I think I think Horn is the best example of a guy that was on a really shitty team whose coach was literally getting fired. And he's like, what are we doing here? But he started. I, I actually think he gets extra credit. Like, you know, this guy. Showed up. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I'm saying showed up. He the only reason he left. Like to me, he gets it'd be different if he just didn't play the whole season. He showed up. It was so shitty. He didn't bounce. Uh,
3: Michael says, just... I mean,
4: I, I just think a lot of top end guys, though, did play and then stuck it out.
3: Maybe Pitts, I guess some of them didn't play in the bowl game. Uh, to me, a bowl game is on a whole other level, especially if it's not a yeah. major. Uh, aren't they just saying they are torn because there isn't that much tape on guys that opted out? I mean, that could be what the point Mayock is making is. I, my impression was was more about a question of football character. But there is a fair point to be made about the film. Um,
4: but I think football character is a lively discussion in most drafts with a lot of players, because everyone kind of gets different information. If a yeah. coach loves a guy and you go, coach, I've been in here three times, the coordinator and the head coach said, be careful with this guy. And he's like, I, I'm best friends with the online coach. He said, this guy's a war daddy. And just, I mean, you have lively discussions this year about stupid shit. Just information that are, differs from guy to guy. And then factored in with opinions and philosophies that you have about human beings. <laughs> like, I don't think it's crazy to think. I'm not saying it's right that like you just have steadfast things you believe in with players and people. Now you have to adapt as time – like one and done was stupid until like, well, you want good players, right? It's like the opting out now like – 10 years ago, opting out of a bowl a little unheard of. Now it's much more in vogue, and, like, if you're judging that way, you're going to miss on Christian McCaffrey's,
3: right? Right. You'd be an idiot. Right, and you're only so going to start just missing be- out on more players. Yeah. Uh, on that note. Godspeed. Good party. Enjoy good the body. weekend, people. Thanks for Hagen. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, the podcast, mailbag coming Friday. Wineaccess.com. After the
5: end of a good fight,